Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Ocean State Sidelines. I'm Brendan McGare, sports writer with the Pawtucket Times Woonsocket Call, joined today by special guest, Bryant basketball head coach Jared Grasso. Jared, thank you for taking the time this afternoon. Brendan, appreciate you having me, pal. First off, um, how's everything going during this uh, pandemic time? Family st- staying safe, I hope. Yeah, as good as can be, family safe, um, kids are doing well, so obviously a uh, crazy and hectic time for everybody, but doing the best we can to make things as normal as possible and keep plugging along. Now, as you know, Jared, uh, you know, college recruiting is the lifeblood of any program, and that doesn't stop even during these uh, pandemic times. And, you know, not having the ability to see these kids in person, you know, what have you and your staff kind of done creative wise to kind of get the word out there about Bryan University and also, um, you know, establishing relationships? Coming class for this 2020 class, it kind of worked out. We ended up taking some transfers late. Um, all guys that we either had a current relationship with the player or their coach. Um, so I don't think it had a major effect on us in this class. Um, these are guys that I've most of them I've known since they were in high school. So the guys that I had a prior relationship with, prior relationship with high school and AAU coaches. So. In terms of this incoming class, it actually worked out where, because of relationships, um, I think we are able to finish the class pretty strong, and I did want to take multiple transfers. I want to get a little older and a little more mature physically, so I think we're able to do that. One of the hard pieces moving forward now, 2021, 2022, you just not put your eyeball on as many kids as, as you would in the past. Well, we've been out in April, out in June, out in July. It doesn't look like, uh, obviously, April and June are done. It doesn't look like July is going to happen, so... It'll be a little bit different this year. Um, you do get more evaluations online. You know, you're listening to guys you trust. And in this day and age, there's so many different ways to recruit between high school kids, junior college, international, the transfer portal. There's always going to be players out there, and you got to find the right guys that kind of fit your program and fit your system. You know, you mentioned the nice cross-blend of players from the junior college, the high school ranks, and uh, transfers from D1 schools. Does that speak to... A, your connections, and B, the staff's connections to uh, so many different pipelines that exist in today's basketball culture. Yeah, I mean, uh, in this day and age, obviously, the transfer portal has become a huge thing. And sometimes as a kid, you recruit coming out of high school or for me, someone when they, when they transferred the first time and the different reasons, we have different connections to certain guys we ended up recruiting. But a lot of these guys are guys I've known for a long time. And it had helped that there were guys that I was involved with when they were coming out of high school and went different places for different reasons. And, you know, this time around ended up being the right fit. So I think my staff did a great job kind of finding guys who fit what we were looking for. And I was able to tap into some of my, some of my connections and some of our relationships to put together what, what is now a recruiting class that we're very excited about. You know, I just I want to go to the most recent uh, announced signing by Bryant uh, Lewis Hurtado, a transfer from UAB, six six guard. Uh, what was your? Did you recruit him coming out of high school, and how did you kind of rekindle that relationship once he decided that he was going to leave? So Luis was like a top hundred fifty kid coming out of high school. Um, had very high level recruitment. Ended up going to UAB, uh, and his high school coach is a very close friend of mine. Was at Saint Mount Academy. I recruited. Uh, several of his players in the years past and when Luis was moving on he reached out to me and thought he was a kid who could be a good fit for us at Bryant very good student 
Um, his career was actually interrupted at UAB. He had testicular cancer, missed just about two years of playing UAB. So he's actually an interesting case where he's a graduate transfer. He's going to have two or possibly three years of eligibility uh, because of some of the things he went through. And kind of a kid who fits the way we want to play, 6'6", skilled, kind of played the point guard in high school, multi-position guy. And I think he's really excited about kind of what we have to offer both academically having a chance to get his NBA here at Bryant and have a chance to hopefully uh, help propel our program forward. Another kid I'm very excited to see this coming season is uh, Chris Childs uh, out of Indian Hills uh, Community College. Uh, Hank Plona, the head coach, he uh, actually went to uh, Providence College. Uh, did you know Hank uh, pretty well, and uh, how did you kind of get on the uh, radar of Chris Childs? Yeah, Hank's a very good friend of mine. Um, with Chris decided he was moving on uh, to junior college, Hank kind of reached out to me to see if he was a kid I thought he should recruit. I knew Chris coming up through AAU in high school, and he went to prep school at Woodstock Academy, where Joe Kasperzik was, and Joe Moon coming from Woodstock. So Chris was a kid I was very familiar with, and a guy right when he got to Indian Hills, we started recruiting heavily. Um, obviously, I like guys who could make shots, and Chris was St. Joe's and played for Jim Calhoun as a freshman, shot 48% from three. This year shot 45% from three. So high-level shot maker with the second-team junior college All-American. And, you know, we think he's got the ability and has the ability to make shots and also do other things, bigger guard who can put it on the floor and score the ball. So he's definitely a guy we're very excited about who's coming off a really good year at arguably the best junior college program in the country. So we are very excited about what Chris can add. Wouldn't be remiss if I didn't mention the local product uh, as part of your third recruiting class, uh, Erickson Bands, Pawtucket's own Shea High, uh, soon to be graduate. Uh, just uh, your first time seeing Erickson, and uh, how excited are you to get a playmaking guard of his potential uh, up at the Chase Athletic Center? Yeah, it's funny. I think he's a kid who's still a little bit under the radar, kind of on the national or even in the Northeast regional recruiting scene. Uh, obviously, he scored a ton of points at Shea. Had a very good summer with expressions last year. I just think he's a dynamic guard who has a swagger and a confidence. And, you know, it's kind of the way I talked about Mike Green coming out. He thinks he's very good, puts a lot of time into it, works at it. And I think it's kind of interesting how he's kind of remained under the radar because he stayed in public school here in Rhode Island, but continues to put up huge numbers. And I think he's a kid who he's willing to put the work in. Has a chance to have a really, really exceptional career here at Bryant, something that they'll talk about in the state of Rhode Island because he's a Rhode Island kid, decided to stay home, stayed at his local public school, never went, left to go play AAU out of the region, never decided to go to prep school, now decided to stay in state and kind of come here to Bryant and carry his legacy forward of being one of the better players in uh, Rhode Island basketball history. What's it been like, Jared, keeping in touch with the uh, the current players, the players who are scheduled to come back next year. I, I probably at this point they would be wrapping up uh, their classes. A lot of them would probably be done with exams. You would have graduated, uh, you know, some of the players already. What's it been like? But a lot of them went home when the campus uh, got shut down. What's it been like uh, keeping in touch with them on a daily basis? You know, the staff. We I think we've done a pretty good job of trying to stay in contact with those guys individually throughout this process. We'll do a team Zoom call, like we'll get on a team Zoom tonight at 7 o'clock. And actually tonight we'll probably watch a little bit of video and talk about a few things. But trying to do something different every week, but we'll get at least one or two uh, team Zoom calls a week. Just to keep the guys communicating with each other and kind of keep things fresh. Um, updating them on kind of what's going on in, in you know the world right now and kind of 
as colleges and athletics are, are, are concerned, you know, what the future holds. Because some of them have questions on those types of things. Um, but we stay in contact with them often. You know, they just finished the semester up. Right around a 3.4 GPA, so our guys did phenomenal academically, and uh, really looking forward to the new group coming in and kind of meshing with our returning guys and see what we can build with this group. So we've really been big on staying in contact with these guys daily, and also they're having their own Zoom calls as a team, and kind of some of the returning guys have taken a lead and tried to really build a relationship with these guys. So when we do get back on campus, hopefully we can hit the ground running. And they know what to expect from me, from our program, and what our expectations are as a team this year. You know, how's it been in terms of like coordinating workouts with the guys? I'm sure some of them may not have access to gyms or even a basketball hoop. How's it been like uh, trying to coordinate them so they kind of stay on their training programs during this time? Different guys are doing different things right now because, like you said, they have access to kind of different things. And we're pretty spread out in terms of what states guys are in and kind of what their accessibility to a hoop, a park, a basket, their house, a gym, a weight room. So it's kind of been on a player-to-player basis. Uh, my biggest thing for them right now is a couple guys are taking – they're all finished with their semesters. A couple guys are taking classes online. But outside of that, you know, you have the rest of the day and you have to figure out what can you do to get better. And I understand everyone's resources are different, but – there's always something you could do to get better. You could be on the phone with 30 people a day trying to find some way to get shots up, or be at a park, somebody's house, a gym, whatever it may be. And a lot of those things, there's restrictions based on what state you're in. But during this time, the reality is some guys are going to be working and some aren't. And we'll find out when we get back to campus. And in every program in the country, they're going to find out who stayed in shape. You can do ball handling. You know, in your yard, on the street, go for a run with the basketball, work on your, your ball handling. There's things you can do, you know, band workouts and strength stuff. Or we have as good a strength coach as anybody in the nation who's giving our guys body weight stuff to do. And, again, depending on what guys have. Some guys have weights in their house. Some guys have bands. Some guys are doing body weight work. But guys have been working. You know, they've been reaching out and sending videos, and, you know, kind of talking to us and telling us what they've been working on. And I think it's a time where some guys have a chance to separate themselves throughout the country because the reality is there are going to be guys who unfortunately don't have as much access or others as others. And some guys who, if, if they're lazy, they're going to stay home and not do anything. And one September, October, November roll around, you're going to find out who those guys are and they'll get passed by. And you mentioned uh, the strength uh, portion up at Bryant. Uh, I'm sure kudos to uh, Craig Buckley. I'm sure he's uh, give recommendations to everybody, uh, regardless football, basketball. He, I'm sure he's in constant contact with all the players. Yeah, it's been good. He's been in contact with our guys. They've been in daily contact with him, reaching out, extra stuff to do. Some guys are rehabbing former injuries, so kind of staying with Coach Buck and Tyler Wolfel and our training staff on what they need to do to rehab their injuries. So obviously it's been unique. Typically we would already be on back on campus for our first summer session, having guys back up and working out. Unfortunately, that's not the case, so we have to take advantage of what we have and Again, there's always something guys can do uh, every day to improve, and that's been our biggest thing. You have to find whatever it is you can do and make sure you're working because when you do get back and and, and college basketball starts again, we're going to have to be ready to go. Um, I'm doing actually a feature on uh, Cam Germain, uh, your director of basketball analytics. Uh, Just uh, how valuable of a resource has he been? Was he this past season for you? Yeah, I mean, we're blessed to have him. Really loved to have having someone with 
analytics background. That's what he's studying at school. Um, a real passion for basketball and a passion for the analytics side, which is something that I have a major interest in and something that I do. So he was a guy, you know, at halftime, he'd be giving me numbers during the game. He'd be giving me a rundown of some offensive and defensive things that we were kind of focusing on. You know, he went to the Sloan Conference this year, which I think was great for him to improve, to learn. And I think he's a kid who has a really bright future. And, you know, when this is all said and done, he's one of those guys who's going to be the general manager of, a, of an organization. He's really bright, really hard worker, and has a real work ethic and passion for the game of basketball. So we're blessed to have him on our staff. Um, speaking of your staff, you do have a opening coaching-wise. Uh, Brock Erickson left uh, last month. Um, any update on where you stand tr- possibly getting a, an additional assistant coach? Or are you still kind of taking your time to see uh, uh, possible candidates and see who might emerge? You know, with everything going on right now, I haven't been in a major hurry. Um, I have some guys that I've spoken to uh kind of preliminary conversations with, but I'm not in a major hurry to move forward. Things are kind of at a standstill right now. We're done with this recruiting class. We're not headed on the road next month. Um, and we're not back on campus yet with our guys working them out. So right now I don't feel like I need to be in a hurry. There's some guys that have reached out and expressed interest who, who I'm intrigued by, but right now I'm really not in a major hurry with it. Eamon Barr is kind of bumped up to be a full-time assistant right now. So I have three guys who are working really hard and guys that I trust and, and uh, guys I know have been around the last two years. They understand me and what I want. So it's kind of been seamless so far. And again, as we get closer to, to getting back to work with our guys, I think I'll move closer to making it higher. You know, when we talked uh Last month, after your major portion of your spring signing class was announced, you talked about a little bit about the schedule, mentioned that you're going to open up uh, the 2020-21 season against Brown. Uh, what other scheduling tidbits are you working on, and how close is the uh, non-conference schedule uh, close to being done? There's two more games we're working on right now. Might be one more money game, or could be two home-and-home home series. There's a couple things we're dabbling with that people were talking to. Um we have a regional um, Atlantic 10 buy game that looks like it's going to happen. Uh, just kind of waiting on a contract on that. We're going to play at Boston College at George Mason. Um, we'll go down to the Bahamas for uh, an MC event down in the Bahamas, which will be great. Um, permitted, we're able to, to make that trip and everything to go on that end. We're hopeful that by the time November rolls around, we'll be in position to do that. Um, so we're close to finishing our schedule. We sold a couple of home and homes. We have Dartmouth uh, coming back to our place. Um, we have Drexel coming to our place. So we've got a couple of home games in that first semester. And again, we have two games left that we're still kind of working on finalizing. Wanted to uh, touch upon a couple of the guys that uh, left the program and how just valuable they were. You know, three guys to me, especially stand out who went to the transfer portal, uh, Bash Towns, Ikenna Duduba, and uh, Pat Harding. Just, you know, they were with you since day one. Pat Harding being a true freshman when he joined the program, having been recruited by the previous coaching staff. Just, uh, you know, those three guys, you know, just how valuable they were over the last couple of years for you as you got the transition to Bryant. Yeah, listen, all were terrific kids. Um, did great academically. You know, uh, Ice is, will finish his master's this summer. He's going to move on to Elon for a, uh, to work on another master's. Uh, Sebastian Towns graduated. Unfortunately, his career is going to be over, it looks like. Um, won't, be able, won't, won't get an additional year of eligibility. He's a kid who had a great career. Unfortunately, unfortunately was injured this year. I think if he had an LB, he could have been a, 
a different team with some of the things he could do for us offensively. And Pat Harding was one of the better rebounders of the country. Um, moving on to Columbia, still in graduate school there, and he decided to move on to Columbia, where I'm sure he'll have a ton of success. And those three guys kind of were building blocks of what we're trying to do here and really enjoyed my two years with them and, and moving for them to be successful in the future. And speaking of guys, I'm sure you'll be watching to see how successful they are in the future is uh, Adam Grant, uh, you know, recently signed with an agency hoping to play overseas. Uh, any uh, updates on how he's maybe progressing on that front? I know they're talking about a couple different things, whether we go overseas, play in the G League, and a couple options right now. And again, with everything going on in our world with the uh, COVID-19, I think things are a little slower than they typically would be in terms of what some of the overseas stuff is going to look like and when leagues are going to open. So I think it's a little fluid right now, but Adam obviously had an unbelievable career for us and be one of the best scorers uh, in Brian history. And kids have a chance to make some money playing professional basketball, whatever it may be. So the guy's agreeing in four years, had the last two years help turn the corner and try and turn us into uh, the program we're trying to become in the future. And these guys have a chance to make money playing professionally. I couldn't be prouder of them. We'll uh, switch gears to a you know a different side, a different track. Uh, my colleague uh, Brandon Mello wrote a story about you and your relationship with uh, Matt Plant. Uh, I thought it was very good. It was a uh, both of you guys are Quinnipiac products. Both of you are ended up coaching in the same area. Just what's it like when you talk uh, shop coaching wise with Matt, and how nice is it to kind of bounce coaching ideas off someone who happens to be involved in a different sport, and how does that help you? become a better coach yeah I, mean, I think it's great for me you know he's someone i know and trust and again although the, the sport we coach are completely different you know the leadership pieces and what it takes to win and the work ethic stuff like that doesn't change based on the sports you coach and i'm able to learn from him and bounce things off him and like he does the same with me so i think it's great to have a friendship where you know, you're not in competition. It's not like you're recruiting against them. It's not like some guys in the business you talk to, but you're also competitors. We're completely different sports, but kind of the same ideals and how to run our program and the kind of young men we want to be around and how hard you have to work to be successful to win and then have a chance to be a professional because the reality is the guys he's coaching in prep school are looking to move on and play Division One hockey and or get to the league. And, you know, same thing here. I have guys who are looking to get their degrees and also have a chance to make money playing. So I think it's great having a sounding board who's not a basketball guy that I can talk about some leadership and, and some, some things that deal with my sport and see it from a different, someone can see it from a different vantage point who coaches another, uh, another sport. You posted a very nice uh, tribute tweet to uh, President Makeley, or should I say outgoing President uh, Makeley, stepping down at the uh, end of this uh, academic year. Just uh, what has he meant to you, uh, a guy who hired you officially to come to Bryant? Yeah, I mean, he's been nothing but great to me and my family for the last few years. President Makeley and his wife uh, welcomed me with me and my family with open arms and you know, gave me an opportunity here to, to try and turn this program back around. And he's been nothing but supportive of our program and myself and my family. And just to be able to watch a great leader, you know, from afar, but up close and kind of see the way he manages things and the way he runs the university. It's been a great learning piece for me. And he's someone who has treated me so well and been so good to my program and my family. I mean, he'll definitely be missed. Obviously, I was only with him for two years and I hear the way people talk about him who have been here for 10, 15, 20 years and always been for Bryant, but 
I know in the short term he's done a ton for me and my family, and I'm uh, eternally grateful for that. And lastly, uh, we just uh, wrapped up uh, probably the best viewing during the uh, pandemic, the the last dance focused on uh, Michael Jordan and the uh, 97-98 Bulls uh, team that won their sixth championship over an eight-year span. Uh, you know, as a basketball coach, Jared, I'm sure you were uh, glued to watching it. Just um, what were your just general takeaways uh, from that 10-part series? I mean, I thought it was great. I'm a, I'm a big Michael Jordan guy, and I fight with our players all the time. Who's the greatest of all time, Michael LeBron. So I think one great thing is the younger generation who wasn't really around from Michael at his peak. And so my guys that never saw Michael play live were able to see kind of some of his greatness and some of the attributes and his competitiveness and his will and just the way Michael was wired. And that's what makes him special. And a lot of things that I talk about all the time, I talk about Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan all the time because I think they're wired very similarly in what they were as competitors. And you're able to see up close and hear from, from Michael's view kind of the way he was and the way he carried himself and you see the work ethic of, uh, of the greats it ends up being very similar they're obsessed and they're the highest level of competitor and I really think it was great I've talked to my team a lot about it that they can learn some lessons from how, the level you need to compete at to be a championship team and the things he had to go through to get there you know it wasn't just get in the league and win a championship and he talked about how he earned the right to do some of those things you know he was beat down early on. He got injured. He walked through the, the Pistons and all those things he went through. You have to earn your stripes. And kind of part of the thing I talk to our guys about in our programs, you don't get to skip steps. And you'd love to just go and win a championship, but that's not the way it works. And I think it's a, a learning lesson for our guys. And I talk about it on our Zoom calls weekly, and I'll talk about the last couple episodes uh, with my guys tonight. But it's a great, great TV because there's no sports on. But in addition, I think there's a lot of great lessons you learn. And for those people who forgot how, how great he was, it's a great refresher on the greatest player of all time. Jared, you're officially off the hot seat. I appreciate the time this afternoon. I appreciate you having me, Brendan. And that'll do it for the uh, latest episode of Ocean State Sidelines. We'll be back with a fresh episode pretty soon. In the meantime, everyone stay safe out there. Take care, everyone.